0: The Holy Spirit is a person, and it lives within us, and the more we understand that, the more it's going to radically not only empower us, but transform our lives. It was so clear to them how different things were now. That, that The Holy Spirit, who used to come and go, is now in us. And that's why Jesus died, and that's why he rose again. And I think we have drifted away from that reality of the indwelling power of God living in us and through us.
1: This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to welcome, over the phone lines, Daniel Henderson. Daniel, how are you today?
0: I'm thankful, and it's great to be with you today in this conversation together.
1: It's great to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to talking with you. You're the author of a really interesting new book called Transforming Presence. um, That's all about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, which I know is something that is near and dear to our audience. Maybe we could start by, can you explain what inspired you to write this book originally?
0: Yeah, well, Taylor, you know, we all want the same thing. And I, I travel in lots of churches. Our, our ministry is very multi multidenominational. Uh, we lead a, a global pastor's fellowship from pastors from 900 cities around the world. And one thing I know, although we might all have different backgrounds and persuasions about certain things, we all want the fullness of the person of the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. But specifically, what prompted me is that uh, LifeWay Research did a study not long ago that discovered that 56% of evangelical Christians, you know, not liberal folks out there on the fringes, but, you know, core evangelicals, actually believe that the Holy Spirit is a force and not a person. And the more I thought about that, and the more I traveled to begin to see uh, kind of evidence of that, I was really motivated to write a book that would help us understand That the Holy Spirit is a person, and it lives within us. And the more we understand that, the more it's going to radically not only empower us, but transform our lives.
1: Talk to me more about that idea, then. What what does it mean when we talk about that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, in case any of our listeners have misconceptions?
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. And, of course, as I thought about that even, Taylor, I I thought, now, why would people believe that? Because that's not what uh, the New Testament tells us, of course. Uh, The Holy Spirit is as much a person as Jesus was. He just now lives within us, obviously. That's why Jesus said, it's good that I go away, right? Because if I go away, the Spirit will come, and I've been with you, but now he's going to be in you, right? some kind of force, you know, in the vent system or whatever the case is. the Holy Spirit from the standpoint of the New Covenant, which, of course, is why Jesus shed his blood, right, so that we could live in the power of a New Covenant relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit.
1: Okay, great. Now, as you were working through the process of writing this book, did your views on the Holy Spirit change at all?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, what's funny, when you write a book, you want to really do everything you can to to be accurate, of course, and and I would just say as a sidebar, this book was not just an academic exercise. I I opened the book telling the story of the very first prayer summit I very uh, that I ever. I talk about that in the New Covenant, the work of the Holy Spirit is always inside out, inside out. Very different than the Old Testament. Uh, again, the Holy Spirit was very active in the New Testament, but He would come and go, right? Uh, he would come upon a craftsman or a prophet or, you know, a judge. But that's what Pentecost changed. As a Pentecost, now every one of us can be temples of the Holy Spirit, which is awesome. You know, that's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I had to really... Just think about things i sing that are really Old Covenant ideas often, and not New Covenant ideas. And so I wrote about quite a few of these in my book, very graciously, but very honestly, because, uh, as you know, Taylor, words matter. And the Holy Spirit inspired the New Testament, so He gave us His own language to talk about and to understand His work and to experience Him in our own
1: lives. Now that makes total sense. So one of the things that you were mentioning earlier was the depersonalizing of the Spirit um, and viewing it as as a force, not as a person, an equal person in the Trinity. Um, can you talk about what are the effects of that, that that can have on believers, on the Church, uh, when a lot of people start internalizing that idea?
0: Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I travel a lot. I tend to speak in larger churches, and I've pastored larger churches. Well, we had a, a full-blown, you know, what you call a worship arts budget, and so, you know, we had the, what we often see, the digitized lights and the smoke and the sound systems that'll blow your pay off, you know, and all that stuff. Nothing wrong with me, did that, of course. But then when we begin to to sing about the Holy Spirit in terms that aren't, aren't focused on His indwelling, it it suddenly begins to make people think that it's the sound system or it's the lights or the smoke that mediate the presence of the Holy Spirit, when in fact the only thing that has mediated the presence of the Holy Spirit, of course, is the finished work of Jesus and his blood that was shed on the cross. And what happens is we begin to, to equate the work of the our weekend should be powerful, obviously. We all want that. But we're not teaching people that know the power that raised Jesus from the dead this is across the board, but then we tend to fall on our face Monday through Saturday because we forget that the real truth of what Jesus did on the cross was to allow us to become temples of the Holy Spirit. And another example, quickly, Taylor, would be over the years as a pastor, uh, I would always get really worked up when one of our staff members would stand up and say, Welcome to the house of the Lord. Um, and, And, you know, what people think they're saying is that the building is the house of the Lord. And honestly, the building's just a building. There's nothing holy about the building. Its purposes can be holy, how we use it. But again, that makes people think that, that God lives in the building, you know, that he's some mystical thing that, that is in the sanctuary. With the fact is, Jesus said, no, it's not that way anymore. You know, it's not on the Samaritan's mountain or Jerusalem. It's in us now because of the finished work of Christ. And so I think the ramifications are... But the way we say these things are very subtle, but over time, I think it can lead us away from what Jesus really wants us to experience of the Holy Spirit.
1: So if we have this problematic culture going on in a lot of churches around the country, then how do we reverse that? How do we get back on track as a church?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, in, in my book, of course, that's, you know, I mean, that's why we're in this conversation, Yeah, why I wrote this book. I think we need to change our understanding and our words. I I, I thought of three words, in fact, David, just before our conversation. Clarity, confidence, and consciousness. Clarity about who the Holy Spirit is and what Jesus did on the cross to change that reality so that he lives in us. I think we just need to keep practicing inside-out language. He's in you, he's in you, he's in you, Right. Uh, and that the very Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, as I said earlier, lives in us. And there's so many verses in the New Testament that use that language. So clarity about that. And I think pastors, worship pastors, songwriters, you know, small group leaders, we all need to, to really be conscious that we're practicing this kind of language, because that's what empowers uh, the average believer I think Taylor, consciousness is so important that we all have a regular consciousness day by day of the fact that the very presence of God lives in me. Uh, I was at a church not long ago and we were gathering before the service, and someone said, "Lord, thank you that we can come into your presence." And I wanted to tap him on the show and say, no, no, why don't we pray this way? Thank you that your presence is coming to us, right? <laughs> That's the real ramifications of the cross and the dwelling person of the Holy Spirit. So I think we just have to be clear and confident and then conscious about what this means for every believer. And honestly, I think that's why the early church turned the world upside down. It was so clear to them how different things were now, that that the Holy Spirit, He used to come and go, is now in us. And that's why Jesus died, and that's why He rose again. And I think we have drifted away that reality of the indwelling power of God living in us and through us.
1: Well, that sounds really great, Daniel. I'm I'm looking forward to reading the book. If our readers feel the same after hearing from you, where can they find out more about the book or find out more about you?
0: Sure. Thanks, Taylor. Well, our website is strategicrenewal.com, but what I specifically would love for the readers to check out is the website that has been created just for this book. And on that website, uh, there's video introductions to each chapter for small groups. There's recorded prayers. kind of reinvigorated in their thoughts and in their lives.
1: That sounds great. Well, I mean, I'm excited for that. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Would you mind closing us out with a prayer?
0: I would love to. Thank you, Taylor. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so grateful that because Jesus uh, that night said, this is the covenant in my blood, that everything has changed. And just as the Old Testament prophesied, now the Spirit is in us, your Word is in us, And thank you that all of us, Lord, uh, not just pastors, not just the talented, not just the educated, but every one of us, Lord, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And give us new grace to recognize that, to live that, uh, to have confidence that the very presence of God wants to not only transform us into the image of Jesus, but to make us empowered agents of the gospel for the sake of our families, our communities, and our world. So uh, bless this conversation, bless this ministry, and uh, we pray for the ongoing work of the Word uh, through this podcast, these broadcasts, these written resources that you've provided. And uh, thank you for this moment to partner together for the glory of Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we pray this for the glory of our Father and the advancement of the Gospel. Amen.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Daniel Henderson on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Fundraising is something almost every church, school, team, and club does. But for busy groups and leaders, it can be hard making the time to sell. Rada Cutlery's Internet Fundraiser is so simple, it hardly feels like fundraising. With sign-up only taking five minutes, this program makes earning 40% fundraising profit as easy as posting on social media. Just head to www.radacutlery.com. That's R-A-D-A cutlery.com slash L-P slash internet fundraising. Pick a fundraiser that works for you. Partner with a company that has 70 years of helping fundraising groups sell factory direct 100% made in the USA kitchen products. Rada Cutlery. Again, head to www.radacutlery.com slash lp slash internet dash fundraising. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network.